The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and unfortunately, my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo, is not with us today. She is under the weather, and we would greatly appreciate your prayers for her speedy recovery. Christmas is almost here. It's a wonderful time of year, and as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, I thought we should reflect on what it means to be a Christian. We use the word, we say we're followers, we say we're Christians, but what exactly does that mean? The Bible tells us that Christians are Jesus Christ's ambassadors. As his ambassadors, we're his special envoys sent to this strange world as his official representatives. Christians are spiritual beings living on earth for a little while as God's representatives. We're on earth on behalf of heaven. As ambassadors, we have a job to do while we're here. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14 say, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 adds this, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. How amazing is that? trusted by the creator of the universe to represent him, having been a Marine officer for over uh, a lot of time. I'm not going to say how long. Wearing a uniform is a big deal. I represented the Marine Corps. It said U.S. Marines on my pocket. And so I was always cognizant of behaving as a U.S. Marine. Well, we represent God. So what is our job? As Christians, Jesus makes his appeal through us. He offers salvation to all people through us. Our mission is to live good lives, to avoid the temptations and sin of this world, and to appeal to those who are lost in the darkness of life without Jesus. We are salt and light. Recently, Pastor Ryan Parker of Pillar Church joined us in a conversation about how Christians can be more passionate and effective as ambassadors sharing our faith with the world unapologetically and without fear. If you missed that episode, you can find it at CourageousChristianity.today or your favorite podcast app by searching Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow. It's episode 198. After that show, Pastor Ryan and I were talking, and we decided that the discussion was so important we needed to continue it, 
And Pastor Ryan has graciously agreed to join us today to do so. And then we had the extra special treat of Pastor Alec Brunson, also at Pillar Church, sitting in the studio with us and joining us. So we're looking forward to a spirited conversation about Christians being ambassadors. Pastor Ryan, would you please pray for us? I'd love to. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We know that you didn't have to do that, but you did so because you're not done with us, Lord. Uh, Your word says that you are patient with us um, so that we may be drawn to repentance, God. Um, There's a reason why you didn't immediately take us into your presence the moment uh, that we repented and believed in the good work of Jesus Christ, Lord. And it's because you do want to work through us to complete your work. And so, Lord, help us to walk in those steps faithfully with joyful obedience. And, Lord, we pray for our conversation today, God, that you would speak through us, that our flesh would be moved to the side, Lord, and that you would just freely speak through us, um, that we may be encouraged and emboldened to live out the lives that you've called us to live. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. So, friends, in part one of this series, we said that it's critical for Christians to be receptive to the fact that we live in a fallen and failing world which cries out for faith and the healing which comes from knowing the truth of Christ. We added that it's the responsibility of Christians to gently address that need, and we talked about why it seems so hard. And that's when the Holy Spirit reminded me that we are ambassadors. And it's the perfect metaphor because ambassadors live in embassies, and embassies are in foreign countries. They require tremendous security. They have to be very careful about who and what they let in. And they are the base of operations for all diplomatic efforts in that foreign country. Being an ambassador suggests several things, one of which is that our homes and our churches are embassies. I've often thought about our homes being little churches with fathers as the lead pastor, and I've thought about being an ambassador for Christ, but I never thought about my home or church as an embassy. Pastor Ryan, how does that strike you? Have you thought about that many times, I'm sure? Um, well, definitely that idea, and I love that, that you mentioned the home as well and not just the church, so that we're not, because we're not created to outsource discipling and spiritually leading our own home. That's where it starts. That's Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, that parents, that's the way that God designed it, that parents would be ultimately the primary disciplers in their homes. And that would be the first part. And then we come together as a community, as a faith community, unified around Christ, unified by the Spirit. And and we come together to be able to do a number of things for the purposes of church. And And I love this idea of we're in a foreign land, right? We're we're if I think football growing up, you know, we're, we're playing on the away field, so to speak, and it's a hostile crowd. But this idea of we are behind enemy lines is very much true. Satan doesn't want us to think of it like that so that we would stay comfortable and he could just rock us to sleep. But the fact that we are behind enemy lines, this is huge for us, especially as men and what we're called to do to be men of God. Yeah, that's I couldn't imagine deploying to Afghanistan and then wanting to stay there. I couldn't imagine deploying to Afghanistan, forgetting all about all the things of home, the love of home, the the truth, the light. And I suddenly decide I want to stay there in this combat zone. 
and then I stay in that combat zone, and then should I be surprised that I'm in a combat zone? So to put all that together, if it's possible to put it together, it might be like Humpty Dumpty's egg or however that worked. But we come to this earth. We're spiritual beings. We're here for just a short time, and we're constantly at this point where we can choose to make it our home and stay here, or we can keep our eyes focused on heaven Hmm. and God and ultimately going home. And that begs the question, when we report back, what are we going to have said about our time here? What will I say about my deployment to Afghanistan when I come back to the U.S. and I have to give an account of my performance? And so if you can tie all that together, friends, Christians living in a combat zone, citizens of heaven, keeping our eyes focused on God and the real big picture mission and not getting sidetracked by all the little stuff we see around us, which is easy to uh, a trap to fall into, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So with this image in your head, Pastor Ryan and I, and now thankfully Pastor Alec are going to continue in the conversation of how we can be better ambassadors at uh, home. And I love what you just said about we don't outsource. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's... Um he has called each one of us. Here's the, here's the deal. He could do everything that he wants to do himself, and yet he chooses to use a broken vessel like myself, a broken vessel like each one of us, to carry out his works. And that's huge. You know, the, the creator and sustainer of the universe would use someone like us, where our life is like a mist. We're here for a second, and then we're gone. And that working through us, that is that sanctifying process to where we become more like Christ. And if it ever feels like I can't do this, you're probably in the right place because you're being brought to a place of humility. And that's the whole point is you cannot do this in your own strength. So it makes us look up to God and saying, God, I need you. I need you to do this through me. And he will provide that empowering grace for us to be able to carry out whatever he has for us. Beautiful. Well put. Uh, what came to me as you were speaking is I deployed uh, to Iraq for 13 months in country. I came home for uh, less than a month, and then I went to Camp Pendleton to prepare for a one-year deployment to Afghanistan. And I met the Marines that would comprise my new team outside the gym, and there's like 50 guys there, and they're all these hardcore Marines, and I'm standing in front of them, And I had just got back from Iraq. I had just spent 13 months, seven days a week, doing the exact same thing as we were going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so I knew how it was going to look. I knew what it was all about. And as you were speaking, what I thought is I pictured the first day of school where everybody's all humble and nervous because nobody knows anybody and nobody knows anything. But the upperclassmen... They're there. Mm -hmm. They know. They know where the locker rooms are. They know where the football field. Well, Christians are the upperclassmen. We just got back from deployment. We have been reading about heaven. We know what it's like. We've been, we don't know what it's like firsthand, but we've been taught and we brought our faith to it. And then God has informed that. And the Holy Spirit has spoken to that as we've read the Bible. 
we can now bring that to these people who are very nervous about that first day of school or about what's going on in this combat zone. Mm-hmm. Is that is that too weird? Is that too much? Like, no, 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 not at all. Because that because what we're talking about is being an ambassador, being a representative of Christ, and that very well could be what He puts in your path that day. You know, like we've talked about at other times. Sometimes it's the huge things, but oftentimes, so many times, it's just those little bitty opportunities. Yeah. It's yeah. Those little bitty ones. Imagine on that first day of school, you're some freshman, and here comes the quarterback of the football team. And he's kind to you and he tells you what's up and he shows you where the cafeteria is and imagine how that feels. Well, friends in this dark and scary and sad and struggling world, Christians can be that to the world around as ambassadors. And it's an amazing opportunity and I just can't help but get excited about it. I haven't even had a lot of caffeine today. So stay with us. We're going to talk more about that in the next segment. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. Or visit CourageousChristianity.today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity Ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. Dot today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Pastor Ryan Parker and Pastor Alec Brunson of Pillar Church about Christians being ambassadors and leaning forward in our faith and bringing to this world what it so needs, which is the love of God and an understanding that we are spiritual beings just on earth in the flesh for a little while, and then we go home. And what we do here on this earth matters, and it's what we will leave for our children, and it's what we will invest in the people around us. And I worry that sometimes Christians might be on their back foot. At Courageous Christianity, we talk a lot about the intersection of our faith and the secular world. And that's every touch, every uh, interaction outside of your house and even in your house where you bring your faith to this world. And sometimes we're on our back foot. You know, we step aside and let people throw themselves off a spiritual cliff. Or maybe we would normally say grace before we eat, but now we're in a restaurant and we think, oh, it's weird. I shouldn't say grace here in this restaurant. And what I am contending is that 
Our faith goes with us everywhere we go, without apology, in little ways and in big ways. And we don't have to worry about changing the whole world. That's God's business. When I was in Afghanistan, I didn't worry about the strategic level, what the generals were doing. I worried about my mission and my Marines. And so as Christian ambassadors, as men, the spiritual uh, heads of our households, we have that opportunity. And in the past segment, Pastor Ryan Parker said something fantastic when he says, we don't outsource our spiritual leadership of our family, um, the making disciples of our in our homes. We don't outsource that. It starts first with us, and then it's in church, and then it's in church and school and at work. And so all of this is tremendously exciting to me. And uh, we had a guest on the show from Kingsland Baptist Church. I was in Iraq with him. He got out of the Marine Corps and became a pastor. And his name is Brad Flurry. And he was talking about the dinner table at their home. And he said that when the kids ask questions, or he asks the kids about their day, and then uh, he will say to them about any situation, where is Jesus in that? And I just love that question. And imagine if we can be Jesus in every story and in every, uh, I don't like those French words too much, but vignette just jumped into my mind. And earlier I said envoy. So Christy would be happy because she's all about Paris and France, but I'm about. You're, you're capped out on that. Yeah, you fit your quota. I like crepes. I like souffle. I like to mispronounce French words around French people because it annoys them. But maybe I, that was too much. <laughs> no. But it's true. In any event, how does all of that strike you? Oh, there, there's so many routes that, that I could take, but I, I love the idea of what's your sphere of influence and what can you do about it today, right? We, yeah. we might, like you said, you weren't, when you were in, when you were overseas, you weren't worried about saving the whole world by yourself. I feel like sometimes we, we take that on. I was reading a book a while back when I first became a believer. It's called Uncommon by Tony Dungy. He's a a Super Bowl winning coach, uh, very outspoken about his faith. And one of the things he talked about was when he was a coach in Tampa, they had something called the Tampa 2 defense or cover 2 defense. And his whole idea was that's a zone defense. So you have a specific zone that you are in charge for. And he, there's a few different ways you could take it, but one of it was – you are in charge for this bubble, right? If, if you're drawing it on the board and you own that and make it amazing and trust that your brother next to you. So this could be the other brothers and sisters at, at the embassy of the church, right? If we're continuing yeah, that, yeah. that they're taking care of what they're supposed to be taking care of. And if they get close to your zone, of course, we want to be able to help them out as best as we can, but we don't want to drop what's been given to us that this stewardship of this zone, so to speak, has been given to us because we're worried about what's going on on the sidelines or up in the stands or what our brother is doing or the other team or whatever it is. You know, you could stretch this metaphor and take it too far. But that idea of this is what the Lord has placed in front of you. Now, how can you, uh, like, even like you said, where is Jesus in that? How can we make Jesus the center of, of, of what I'm doing and what he has called me to do? Those works that he laid out for us to walk in before the foundation of the earth, Ephesians 2.10. So it, it, that's the first thing that, that came to mind is yeah. owning that. 
I love that. Remember that book a while back by a SEAL? It was called Extreme Ownership. And I think it was a similar concept. Um, I've often thought of it as owning the 20 square feet around you. Hmm. I've often thought of it as not walking past a piece of trash because I can bend over and pick this up. At one point in the Marines, there was this idea that this is my Marine. So a guy who's actually in my squadron or in my division. And I had a different idea, and that was that all Marines are my Marines. And I am going to own the 20 square feet around me wherever that 20 square feet is. Hmm. And I'm going to put Jesus in that 20 square feet wherever it is. If it's at home and if it's at the dinner table and we're saying, Grace, Jesus is going to be there. And if it is at the airport, somebody lost uh, for their flight, uh, maybe they're acting like a jerk because they're all stressed out because the airport stresses everybody out. I'm going to stop and I'm going to own that 20 square feet and I'm going to help that person because that's what Jesus would do. Yeah. And it's so cool. Uh, I'm not thinking of, of it so much as a bracelet. What would Jesus do? I'm just thinking of it as extreme ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the Marine Corps, when a commander takes charge of his Marines for the day, he would then issue the mission and then he would hand them back to the senior enlisted and he would say, take charge and carry out the plan of the day. Or he would hand them back to the the officers of those units, take charge and carry out the plan of the day. Imagine you wake up in the morning, you read your Bible, and the Holy Spirit leads you around in your Bible, kind of to different places. You've got a devotional like Tony uh, Dungy's devotional is excellent. Mm-hmm. And then you get done with your quiet time and you imagine God saying to you, take charge and carry out the plan of the day. Go forth everywhere you go and take my son uh, with you so that none of these children are lost. None of them feel lonely and alone like they can't come back to me. That That's empowering, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, hey, you need to do this or else. It is a, I get to be this. I get to. And, and, and yeah, or it's an I get to. And then maybe even not a be this, it's the Lord will be that. So, you know, quote unquote, through you, but you get to be that vessel. Like you get to be that ambassador that brings the joy to someone that is interruptible like Jesus was in those moments and to just stop and seize a soul and not someone in their way that we get to be that is incredibly encouraging, motivating, uplifting and humbling at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Had an argument when I was a young Marine Corps second lieutenant with a Navy ensign, and he said rank was privilege, and I said rank is responsibility. And I still look at it this day where we have this amazing responsibility. And I think uh, what I'm hearing in all of this, and maybe this will resonate with you, friends, is that Christianity is a process business. I've said that many times. We apply the process— And we leave the outcomes to God. We leave the outcomes to Jesus. We don't get into the outcome business. It's not up to me whether this person did wrong and that's why they're in this situation. It's not up to me about this, that, or the next thing. What is up to me, what is mine to own and take charge of, is how I will bring Christ into every situation, how I'll take my orders from him, and I'll try and walk that out just in my little 20 square feet, throughout the day, in the process of Christianity, 
with my whole heart invested, and we'll let Jesus sort out all the big stuff. Is that reasonable? Absolutely. That's Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God brought the growth. 100%. And it's the same idea. We recently looked at the, the parable of the sower, and and uh, we can't change people's the condition of their hearts. It's not up to you and I. It is solely the work of God. And so it's our job, sow the seeds, sow the seeds. And if some are going to fall on the path, some will fall on rocky soil, some will fall on thorny soil, but there will be good ground mm-hmm. that will receive the word of God. And as difficult as it is, it's not up to you and I. Uh, that's up. That's between other people and the Lord. But our call is to be faithful. And you brought up the "What would Jesus do?" question. I still think it's a good question. Brilliant. There's an author that we that we uh, have read and studied. His name's John Mark Comer, but he he tweaks it a little bit, and he says maybe the better question is, "What would Jesus do if he were you?" Meaning, in your family, your life, your context, your job, your neighborhood. How can you bring Jesus into that situation? And so it's the same same idea and the same conversation. It just it just puts it a little bit on. But God has a specific mission for you, and how are you going to bring Jesus into it? Yeah, really that's helpful. powerful. Yeah. If He were you, right. because a lot of times maybe you think, well, I can't do that, and I don't have that, and that's out of my hands. But what would Jesus do if He were you? When uh, Pastor Ryan and I first had this conversation in church, he mentioned a book called Tactics by Greg Kokel, and I've been reading the book. Uh, It's really excellent, and two things about that. Number one, Greg Kokel is going to be on the show with us next month, and um, number two, he refers to that intersection and the soils as gardening. He says sometimes maybe we don't even get to spread seeds. Sometimes we're just maybe breaking the soil up a little. So you run into somebody who's had a bad experience with Christians, and you're just kind, and you're normal, and you bring Jesus love and compassion without judgment. And then that person says, well, maybe Christians aren't all bad. So maybe you didn't actually get to spread a seed, so to speak. Maybe you just broke up that hard ground. And that is an amazing opportunity, friends. And in case you haven't noticed... This world needs us so badly with all of our heart, giving 110% every day. Stay with us. We'll be back in the third segment. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. 
To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking with Pastor Ryan Parker and Pastor Alec Brunson of Pillar Church about Christians leaning forward in faith, about the little embassies that we call our homes, and how on a daily basis we're ambassadors in this very foreign and strange world. And we go out and we try to do good things, and what we don't want to do is renounce our heavenly citizenship by forgetting where we come from, that we're spiritual beings. And in the last segment, we were talking about uh, Greg Kokel, who wrote a great book called Tactics, and he's going to be a guest on the show in January, and Pastor Ryan will be back for that conversation. And he said that one of the reasons why he thinks Christians often are nervous about being those ambassadors is because they may feel that they have to break up the ground, plant the seed, water it, and then harvest it i.e., meet somebody and say, have you heard about Jesus? He's awesome. You need to know him. Do you want to profess your faith? And that's not how it works, friends. As we mentioned in the last segment, Christianity is a process. It's the process of our lives, and it's the process that we bring to the world, that being the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of God's love laid out before the world in our actions, in our thoughts, in our deeds, in everything we do, and then the world witnessing that, seeing that, and making their own decisions, and God is in control of that entire process, because remember, he's doing this so that none shall be lost. So, Pastor Ryan, back to engaging in a meaningful way. Go. Yeah, so I think in talking about what Kokel wrote about there in tactics. Uh, he's also, he had an updated 10th anniversary edition. Then he also this year just came out with street smarts, which uh, speaks a lot about what we're talking about as well, which would be a, which was a great read as well. Um, a lot of this is fear-based even, even the, I have to take all of this on. So if you're listening, I wonder if you've ever thought about, sharing your faith in in this way. And even as I say those words, sharing your faith, notice about what might pop into your head or what you might feel is that we might hear those words and go, just like you said, oh man, okay, so I got to do the cold call. 
I got to do right. I, I've got to work at the manufacturing plant. I got to be able to market this and sell it. You know, I got to, and then I got to close the deal and then I got to make sure uh, that there's no uh, returns, you know, or whatever right. it is. We, yeah. we see this at, and then it's I got to answer to God and he's going to ask me how I did and, and how many I sold. That's not it at all. Satan would love for us. Think of it that way. And then what even is success in that mindset? I, I, I made all of these sales so to speak, right? I got all these people to make a decision. Okay, but that's that's only the starting line. That's not the finishing line. God, Christ didn't call us to go out into the nations and make decisions. He said, go out and make disciples. And I know I might be getting ahead of myself here a little bit, but in the same way that someone surrendering their life to Christ, right? Repenting of their sin and believing in the work of Jesus, surrendering their life to Christ, that has nothing to do with you, only that God chose you for his own purposes, to use you to bring that good news to that person. And like you said, it, it's not up to you what de, whatever decision they make. It's not because you didn't uh, read, um, what, what's the book that every, Winning Friends, Influencing oh, People. Wow. Dale yeah, Carnegie. I, I yeah. can't believe I yeah butchered that. But mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, And it's not because you didn't use some magical phrase at all. It is completely a work of the Spirit. Success is determined by our how our obedience faithfulness faithfulness, right and and even that word obedience we might hear that that's why i like to say joyful obedience with it because that's what it is yeah there's something i think about a lot there's what you do why you do it how you do it and when you do it and men maybe care about one or two of those things some of the time but god cares about all of those things all of the time And so when you're bringing your love of Jesus to the world, how are you doing it? Why are you doing it? When are you doing it? Because we often think, as you said, that we're responsible for this big sales process, and that's not it. Right. And so we did say it is a process, because it involves us being the best us that we can with the right heart in the right way at the right time. Right. And something that's really important to me is I will often just see somebody and my heart will feel for them in some way. And I'll just look at them and I'll say, are you okay? Mm. And Greg Kokel talks a lot about just asking questions in genuine curiosity. But if you think about the power of that, we all need to be seen. We all want to be understood. We all want to be acknowledged. This is a very hard, impersonal world. You see people with their phones in front of themselves trying to get that need met. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if we just connect, are you okay? No, I'm having a bad day. What's going on? I can't tell you, I can't count on 50 hands the number of times I've had that conversation. Yeah. And, and that is the, in terms of the what you do, where you do it, how you do it, and why you do it, the why must be because your heart reaches out to that person and it breaks for that person and, and you're looking at them and you're seeing pain or you're seeing misalignment and you say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's rooted in love. For the person. Yes. I, I would I would say, you know, along this line of being an ambassador for Christ, 
I all that we've been talking about really lines up with my anecdotal experience, but I think it's I think it's just true uh, when it comes to planting a church and now pastoring. The people that we see connect at Pillar uh, largely come because of personal relationships first. Now, the doctrine matters, you know, what we teach matters, you know, all of those things are incredibly important, but often it is because somebody loved them, Mm -hmm. they felt a connection to somebody, and and that's what being an ambassador for Christ is. Are you you going out and and showing people love? Not Not to put notches in your evangelism belt, not to, uh, you know, whatever, have something to brag about, about how many times you shared this or that or whatever. Being an ambassador is bringing the love of Christ. And Rich, that's exactly what you're saying. You're leading with, it's rooted in love, the reason why you would engage people in conversation to build a relationship. And look, if they don't come to your church, if they don't ever profess faith, you you were you, you were rooted in love, and you did what Jesus would have done, you know, if he if were he you. Were, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if I think about how long it took me to even understand Jesus, right? Let alone the next two decades that elapsed before I started living for him, there was so much pain there. I don't want people to be in that pain. I don't want them to be scared. I don't want them to wonder what this world is all about and feel unloved or feel alone. I want people to know that as you look at flowers and children, the care that God takes with his creation Mm. is born of his love for us. And it's in that love that we reach out to the people around us. And uh, that's the heart of it. And as Pastor Ryan said, that's how you connect. That's um, what's behind it when you say to somebody, uh, are you okay? Something that's uh, I've been thinking a lot about lately, I've been thinking a lot about context. Um, Context is everything as far as I'm concerned. Uh, The example I would use is if I shove you, you would turn around and you'd say, hey, dude, what's up? But if we were by the street and there was a car coming and I shoved you out of the way, now you'd thank me. Context mm-hmm. is everything. And uh, in that context is the who, the what, the why. Um, but with that said, as ambassadors, if we think about heaven as a worldly being, then we're standing with our feet on the earth, looking up at the heaven, thinking about what we think of God. But if we think about the world as a heavenly being, that's an entirely different context. So now I really am on that deployment. Mm -hmm. Now I really do know I'm just going to be in Afghanistan for six or seven months. Yeah, last time I got extended by a month. Okay, whatever. I'm going home or I'm going to see Jesus. Either way, that's the context. And so I think a lot of times we have trouble because we think this world is, okay, uh, there's heaven, as opposed to looking on this world as a heavenly being in the, in the power and love of Jesus Christ, in, in the knowledge uh, that we will be with him for all eternity, and then saying, man, I want other people to know that. Is that, uh, is that a big difference, or am I just inventing that in my head? 
No, that that remind no, that's great. That reminds me in, in John chapter six, Jesus said, I have not come to do my will, but to do the will of the Father. And this is the will of the Father, that I should not lose even one of those whom he gives me. And so as Christians or as little Christs, um, he, as his ambassadors, he has given us the opportunity to join him in his work and not losing any of those whom God has called to Christ himself. Um, that's an incredible, uh, humbling, encouraging opportunity just to be a part of that. And yes, absolutely. It's, He's coming and it's a rescue mission and he's allowing us to be a part of this mission that he could do himself. Yeah. And it's totally empowering. And I don't have to be afraid because as you said, I'm from heaven. I'm going back to heaven. I'm here to do all the good I can. And then I'm going back to heaven. So friends, we're talking about Christians being ambassadors. And during this time, of Christmas. It's such an amazing opportunity and an amazing thought. Stay with us. We'll be wrapping it up in the next segment. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking about being Christian ambassadors. We're talking about the whole point of our faith being that we bring Christ to this lost and struggling world in who we are, in our person, in what we care about, in the things that we do. And Pastor Ryan Parker and Pastor Alec Brunson are with us. They are both from Pillar Church up in Conroe, and if you're on the north side of the Woodlands or around the Conroe area and you are looking for a church home, they have planted an amazing church which is focused on the Word of God lived out in the community. And we've been talking about how we are citizens of heaven and we're just ambassadors here on earth showing people what Jesus looks like and what Jesus cares about, and then we're going back to heaven 
And at the break, Pastor Ryan told us something that I'm going to ask him to repeat because it's an awesome story. Pastor Ryan. Yeah, thank you. Uh, So this is part of my testimony in repenting and coming to faith in Christ. Surrendering my life to him is, is the way that I put it because that is literally how it felt. I was running away from him and I could not run anymore. And I wanted to share about the individual, the guy that the Lord used uh, primarily in in bringing me to salvation in Christ. Uh, it was a guy that I worked with, and it was in college. We worked at a restaurant together, and he and I used to run around together. Um, over the summer, I came home to Houston. It was the summer before my senior year in college, and I interned in the Galleria. And when I came back, I I back to my college town. I worked in the same restaurant and he was there again, except he was totally different, totally different. He wasn't going out with us and running around and doing all the things that we used to do. And I said, his name's Evan. I said, Evan, what's up? And he goes, I'm just living for different things now. And it was almost eerie. Uh, you know, like he said it and I was like, okay. And I started slowly backing away, you know? Uh, but he little by little, as I worked with him, I watched him. And there was a genuine difference in him. It wasn't just the words, because I'll, I'll I'll tell you, and he would tell you himself, he he's not a wordsmith. He didn't have the best of words, but he lived it out faithfully. And even in the times to where it's busy, it's a Friday night, Saturday night. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, you know the hustle and bustle. And I watched him, and all of us are sweating and stressing out, and he's working just as hard, if not harder. But you could tell he has a genuine joy and peace about him that... I had not seen in other people. And here's the thing. I I also didn't grow up in church just like you, Alec, but I had heard of Jesus and, and, and I thought that that was interesting and I think that that's nice, but that could stay over there. Um, but when Evan started telling me about Jesus, because I saw who he was before and after I went, this is real. There's, there's something going on here. And yet I was still hesitant because I bought into the lie that the world tells us towards be young and dumb and live it up now because the rest of your life is going to be awful. So make your mistakes now and you're (laughs) automatically forgiven. Um, And I bought into that lie only to find that it's empty, very empty, but now I'm seeing something and he has given his life to Christ and he would take the opportunity and he would tell me about things of the world and things of, of the Lord. And what are you talking about? Over the course of months, the Lord's working on me. I'm running away from him, and I know he's pursuing me. I even have this this thought at some point to where I thought to myself, I'm going to end up a Christian. It was as if it was out <laughs> of my control. Like, the, the Lord, he's going to get me. He's the this hound of heaven, as one poet put it. And I remember I, I gave my life to the Lord. It was November 11th, 2011. It's a palindrome, so it's easy to remember. And... I went back, um, and it wasn't anything spectacular, crazy. Uh, you know, I, I just surrendered and I said, I'm done with that life. Right. I didn't know the exact words, but I knew that I couldn't run anymore <laughs> and he was going to have his way. So it might as well surrender to it now. And I went back and I told Evan this and he was so excited, just the joy on his face and just talking to him afterwards. I was just going, you know, I went, okay, I got to ask you, how weird did you feel? talking to me about these things that I had no idea about when you knew that I wasn't trying to live that way. You knew exactly what I was living for. And I wasn't trying to live about the things you were telling me about. Like, was that weird for you? And he goes, Oh yeah. (laughs) He was like, I had no idea what I was doing. 
Uh, and I was like, man, oh, that's crazy. That's so awesome that you did that. Uh, sorry that that was so weird, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, he, he rarely calls me Ryan. He goes, Park, Parker. He said this, and I've never forgotten it. He goes, I had to care more about your soul than about what you thought about me. And that stuck. It was as if time stopped and I got it. And there was that fear and that opportunity of rejection and this and that. But at what cost? He had already made the decision beforehand that he was going to take whatever flack or whatever I was going to throw at him or make fun of him or talk behind his back or whatever that I could do. And he went, nope, but I love him and I care more about him and where his soul ends up than I do about whatever he could possibly say about me. And I've never forgotten that. That's a brilliant example of he loved you. He cared about you. And that compelled him in all of his behaviors to reach out to you. Yeah. And I think sometimes we worry about the world liking us. Mm. And we don't want to offend and we don't want to upset. And yet we think about the fact that this is a life and death choice. There's life in Christ and certain death in the world. Remember, that's a Garden of Eden thing when God says, but if you eat, no, he says, but when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will certainly die. So it's certain. Right. Anybody that does not find their way to Jesus Christ on this earth will not leave this earth. And that makes sense. That's reasonable. If you want to stay on this earth, stay on this earth. Hmm. If you want to stay in Afghanistan deployed, stay in Afghanistan deployed. But if you want heaven, the only way you're going to get there is through Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and his saving work, his redemption. And so as we look at that person, how can your heart not break for them? Mm. You want them. What came to me is in Afghanistan, we worked with interpreters, some of whom were Afghan. And you, after you worked with them for uh, months and months, maybe they even saved your life or something. You wanted to see them come home to the U.S. Mm. And this whole world knows all about how we try and to help the interpreters get back to the U.S. and how when the administration pulled out, a lot of that was left over there. And we lament. But is it not the same mm. with earth and heaven? Mm. And I can't show up at the pearly gates and say, I'm here, and then have Jesus say to me, yeah, but what about that other guy mm. I put in your path? What about him? Yeah. And so it matters, friends. And that is the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth which informs our discussion, and today our moment of truth comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, which say, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Friends, our faith is the cure for this sick and struggling world. It's our reason for being. If we stand firm in faith, we'll find ourselves face-to-face with the world, with amazing opportunities to engage people. You've heard me describe this intersection as critical ground, and I view it that way from the military perspective, where I've got to take this beach and maintain this ground. But Greg Kokel gave it a different meaning in his uh, book when he says that It's a blessed intersection, and it's critical ground, and it's there that, as Christians, we must garden. 
In gardening, we prepare the soil gently. And I say gently for two reasons. First, we must be salt and light. Salt purifies, it preserves, it adds flavor. In the ancient world, salt was incredibly valuable. So as salt, we're incredibly valuable too. Christians should offer truth to people living in a world of lies. We should offer life to those who are dead to sin and their lack of faith. We should offer hope, presenting a view of the abundant life Jesus promises for those who believe in him. As light, we shine into the darkness of this struggling world. Through Christ, we can bring warmth to cold, understanding to confusion, and love to those in despair. That's what it means to be salt and light. The second reason I say gently is because as we strive to be salt and light, we can't forget that were it not for the grace of God, we too would be dead to our sin, lost without truth and helpless to find our way home. As I said today, we were driving to the station and I was talking about having a compass that didn't point to true north, it pointed toward yourself. And so you hold this compass out to guide you and it points toward yourself. And so you can't find your way home. Your compass has to point to somewhere, and in our case, it points to Jesus Christ, and he is the way home. Pastor Ryan made a couple great points I want to remind you. He said, our homes are embassies and churches, and we're not created to outsource the discipling of our children. It starts at home, and that's where you get your practice. And then he said that Tony Dungy wrote a great book, uh, Uncommon, and I wanted to offer Tony Dungy's devotional. He also said sometimes we don't lean forward because we're afraid, and we're afraid of being uh, disliked, or we're afraid of not being successful, or maybe we're afraid because we don't know that we can close the whole sales deal. As we prepare for the Christmas season, I pray that you will not be afraid. The world is counting on you. And I pray for your peace. I pray that you have a deep sense of purpose in your opportunity as Christian ambassadors. And I pray that as you strive to be salt and light, the salt and light so needed in this world, you find ways to reach out without fear, because that's courageous Christianity. So Pastor Ryan, thanks for being with us. Pastor Alec, thanks again for being with us. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word in Houston, Texas, at kkhc.com or on your favorite podcast app or at courageouschristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify. Surprise.